conversations from yesterday with Julie and Gentile. Are we live? I think it's going. I think. We're recording. Bavonet, Bavonet, Bavonet. How's it going? Good, how are you? I can't complain. It's going. It's going. Like, it's slow. Life is at a standstill, kind of. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. It's difficult right now, but um, I mean, we're almost through it, I think, so. I don't know if we're almost through it. People are saying that this could be a lot longer, years, or you're saying, but then at the same time, it could all just be nonsense. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of misinformation. That's true. I don't know. I think either way, our government's like, helping it pretty well. I think they're doing a good job. So realistically, I think at the end of the day, as long as we all you know, stay smart and do our part, then... We'll be able to get through this together. But you're still doing shoots during this stuff? Um, to an extent, yeah. Um, I've only worked with one other person. A lot of the photos that I'm taking right now are... I have no idea what just happened. That's fine. Entire no thing. worries. I'll just cut that part out. Wait, okay. Yeah, you were mentioning, like, the shoots you're doing now. Uh, yeah, so a lot of my shoots are just... Um, like in isolation with myself. So like a lot of the places I've been going, um, one of the recent places I'll use as an example is I went to Lee side in Toronto, which is like a, just like a small community North in the North side. Um, and it was like, I found like a bridge and everything. And that's kind of something where I can focus on my art by myself, which is like something I was doing even before COVID. So it's not really like a huge change for me. Um, and so within like isolation, I've still found an outlet to be able to make my art. Um, which is something that's helped me a lot through like this entire process. Cause if I didn't have that, um, that would be, that would like suck a lot for me because, you know, a lot of my time and effort is focused around that. Um, and then I have been running, uh, I ran one shoot with one other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was about it. Uh, we do like, we've been working together for a long time and we've both been smart about it and isolated. So it wasn't really like we were putting each other at risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was comfortable with doing that shoot. Apart from that, though, it like there has been restrictions where we had projects that were planned and then we tried to roll them out. Um, they were supposed to supposed to start shooting projects in May, and those have been stopped and pulled back. And it's it's a big uh, setback because to have that motivation ripped out from under your feet mm-hmm. and then having to go back after all of this, um, after everything that's happened, uh, really sucks. So. I've been doing my best to try and keep making art and keep doing uh, the best that I can do to just make sure that all of my stuff keeps flowing and that I'm still finding the motivation and the time to not only practice my art, but to keep improving it. So, Yeah. Momentum is a powerful thing. And once that gets derailed, it's hard to like pick up again. So I've definitely I, been I've, I haven't done anything shoot wise or taking any pictures. Like it's just been at a standstill and it's kind of boring. Like, yeah um it's definitely hard to shoot when the entire world is stopped there's you can't see anyone else's work you know um it it definitely sucks but at the same time for me like i'm kind of in that mental state right now where i know i need to keep going and keep progressing and keep doing it or else like i'm gonna have that mental setback because i've been in places before where i haven't done shoots in like months on months on months and where i just haven't even picked up my camera and that was a huge issue for me because like my art is not only like a connection to myself, um, but it's like, it's like an expression. So I do my best to do as much as I can with the tools that I'm limited to, but in this time, like, yeah, it's, it's tough to keep motivated and keep going sometimes. So have you gone downtown at all? Like 
like no. I I've, I've been to the north side um twice um but I I I don't trust going downtown right now. Yeah. So. Because the TTC and everything it's all it's it hasn't closed hasn't stopped. Yeah. Um I know there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of like amazing jobs and putting in a lot of effort on keeping the city clean and everything cuz mm-hmm. I still going downtown for school in the, like the first like couple of weeks of this but it got to a point where my school had to shut down and it clearly wasn't like safe for people to just be roaming the streets together anymore. So like, I decided against it. What school as I would, did you go to or do you go to? I, I go to George Brown College. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder what my motivation for photography is going to be like after this. Like, I wonder if it'll like become greater than it ever was just because like distance makes the heart grow i don't know time makes the heart grow fonder i what's the saying i don't even know uh that's it that's honestly that's a really good question um for me i know it's going to take a little bit of time to get to that point where um my entire life is a hustle for the art again because i was really hitting like in strides of where i wanted to be and how things were moving for me um i think it's really just like a matter of time and effort that you put into yourself putting yourself in the right mindset um I think definitely just seeing other people create and being pushed by the creatives that are around me is probably my biggest act like the the biggest thing that I have supporting me is I I work with so many people who are so amazing do their own thing in so many different art forms and just seeing them create and be able to do all that is one of the most empowering things because that just pushes me so far so as long as I feel like I have that support group around me I might be okay (laughs) post-covid yeah yeah, like, it's just weird to see everything stop, especially in a go-go-go world. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like resetting. Like, are people going to want that, like I said? Or are people just going to be comfortable living in their house and stuff? Like, you're seeing <laughs> Shopify and companies telling their employees to work at home indefinitely. So I just don't know. I think there's definitely levels to it. I think uh, some some people are definitely going to go back to how life was before. Um, I think some people aren't going to have a choice, but I definitely don't deny that there are certain companies that are starting to get rid of their offices and, you know, now they don't have to pay certain bills, they're saving money and everything. And so it really opens your eyes up into what's possible because before um, the world, you know, functioned on like, this is how your business works. And these are the expenses that you have to pay. And now suddenly we've been shown that there's, you know, a way around that and that that doesn't have to be the exact option every time. So, I think there's definitely two sides to it where one side of the world is going to go back to operating completely normal. And then some people's entire lives are going to change. Yeah. Better or for worse. So. Yeah. Everything just got flipped on its head, but like you're still keeping busy and stuff. What were the two projects you were talking about on your Instagram? Um, so I, I, um, I had this one project with visual magazine, which just got released um, a couple weeks ago. I think most of my following knows about it. Um, I, uh, got featured in my first magazine and I became a published photographer, which was a massive dream of mine. Um, I've, you know, ever since I started shooting, I think it was always kind of like in my head to the point where, um, I want to be able to do something with this art and to see that pushed on to, you know, like a, a page and that distributed to like thousands of people is and like amazing. Like I, I honestly can't express that enough. Um. The other one I don't want to say too much about just because um, it's not entirely just me, but um, I have uh, helped produce and try and direct a couple of music videos. And 
um, with a bunch of people that I work with. Um, we have one that's supposed to be starting production as soon as uh, quarantine is lifted. Um, and it's with an, an artist who has so much potential and just such a meaning behind all of his words. And I don't want to give away too much about it, but uh, I'm- Can you say who it is or- Sorry? Can you say who it is or like that's not- uh we'll wait for that we'll wait for that <laughs> i don't i don't want to leak anything yet yeah what's the production process like for a music video like i guess on the smaller scale is it just kind of like um so more I, independent you guys just pick up a camera and go or do you have to work with like agencies and things like that um i've definitely been on both sides of it um i've luckily had the chance to work with Dre prada um who is a toronto artist who's kind of reaching that point in his career where you're starting to see like a larger amount of followers and numbers. Um, and his music productions are, you know, in studios with like full, like black G wagons and stuff like that. And so they brought me into that space where I can become a director of photography and just see each shot and capture them. And I've showcased that on my Instagram before. Um, and then you also have what we're starting to do, which is just basically a, a home video, but a music video. But with myself, I'm personally not someone who, just does a project for the sake of doing it. If I'm going to put myself into something like that, I'm going to put everything I have into it. So location scouting is one of like the most like time processing things in the world. And it, as much as it sucks, I've taken a lot of time just to make sure that every detail that's going to be in this video is going to go like exactly as I want it to. So um, in terms of like smaller videos with smaller artists, I still take it upon myself to make it sure that it's, it's the utmost quality that I can make it. Mm -hmm. So investing in my own equipment, you know, renting equipment that I don't have that I may need, um, getting actual spots instead of just like filming it in someone's garage kind of thing. Yeah. So as much as there's levels to it, at the end of the day, I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure that this video just comes off as clean as possible. Because not only is it a video for myself where I can direct it and see a vision and share it, but at the end of the day, I have to share that with the artist as much as, you know, because people are never going to see that as my video as well. At the end of the day, it's always going to be the artist's video. So mm -hmm. it's a big, um, it's a big task. But um, at the end of the day, when you have that beautiful product in front of you and you're just watching it, yeah, uh, it's 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 an insane feeling. So yeah, I feel like some of the best music videos are like photography projects and things like that are the most like organic and underproduced stuff sometimes. Like it's just the most pick up and go. I think the yeah. there's something um, artistically interesting about like spontaneity and just doing stuff on the fly. And I don't. Yeah, think yeah, I, yeah, I can definitely speak on that. But um, for me, like in terms of spontaneity for music videos, I I'm definitely not a person that um, will just th like throw myself into it. So I really have to be like invested in a project if I honestly want to work on it because. For me, like photography has never just been like, I like taking pictures kind of thing, like as much as I do. Um, it's, it's evolved so much because as I pick up all these like skills and start to like take my photos to the next level, it's just kind of like realized to me that like this hold, like this holds meaning, right? This is now a form of myself where I made something that wasn't here on this earth before. Mm -hmm. So if I see something, and I'm asked to join a project or something, I really have to be able to see how can I, you know, make this as great as it can. Mm -hmm. So I definitely take a lot of time and effort with projects like this that are bigger. So I'm yeah. not much for spontaneity. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like larger projects and music videos, when you're dealing with like multiple artists and stuff like that, 
that that just seems like a headache. I don't think I I would ever want to do that. But like, uh, yeah, just before this, I would like to just a hobby of mine was just going downtown, picking a random station, exploring the area, taking pictures, doing stuff. I don't know. Like that's just yeah, no. I I've definitely been on that, done the exact same thing. Um, I've used to take the TTC every single day. So, uh, going back and forth between classes, just looking out the window, seeing what you could see is, it's something that a photographer has a gift for and that no one else does. Like visualizing things in ways that other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to stop somewhere and just take everything in is a very powerful tool. And I don't think enough people utilize that as we have so much going on. Everyone's heads down is looking at their phone. Yeah. I don't think anyone understands what's fully in front of them. Yeah, I agree. It's, and you look at it now, people are more reliant on technology and stuff. Yeah. You mentioned like you want to bring your stuff to the next level. What does that mean? Is that like tech wise or is that? Um, There's a lot of levels to that. Um, Personally for me, I think when I talk about bringing something to the next level, um, I'm very like uh, confident in my quality and like skills as a photographer. Yeah. Um, I'll talk myself up for as long as I need to until I've sold someone on being that like, I, you know, like shoot around Newmarket and like, if you want a photographer in Toronto, like come get me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as there's like, as these wonderful, talented individuals, I think something that separates me is that, like I said before, is that if I want to do something, I put my whole self into it. Yeah. And, that's like something that I feel like not a lot of people can say because as photography is so wide and so like such a broad thing, it, it's hard to honestly find someone that's so dedicated to, to like to the project that they're willing to put all of themselves into it. So when I talk about bringing stuff to the next level, I really talk about just visualizing my own future, visualizing how I can make this my career instead of like a hobby, yeah. uh, visualizing ways to where I can take real like social topics or issues or even experiences like that I've had in my life where, you know, I can share that and like really bring that into perspective for other people to view and to be able to look at something and go like, this isn't a photo. This is like an artwork. So yeah, that like over accessibility of the medium kind of weirds me out because now you see like people on TikTok making like iPhone photography videos and like that just irks me. Or when I see, I've done it. I've taken the, I've taken these pictures and you've done them too. But when I see like people whose whole feeds are just like people standing in front of a neon sign. Yeah. That's just, it's yeah. just, that's like not art in a way. That's just yeah. formula. Um, I definitely think there's good and bad to it. It definitely brings eyes and appreciation um, to the art because realistically, without the people taking the shitty iPhone photos, yeah. I wouldn't look so good, right? Yeah. If everyone was just shooting the same shit as I was, like it, it would be different. So um, for those people that go and claim that they're making art and you know, like this is a form of photography, an art form, mm-hmm. I think that's a little much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where do you think the border is between like a, uh, a generic family photo thing and then like art itself? Because you use that word a lot. Like you've, you you say art art yeah um, where's that line for you it changes for everyone like it honestly does what i perceive as art someone else may not um and it that's like with everyone so personally for me um an art or like a piece of art is something that you know like came from the heart directly kind of thing something that i worked and struggled for to create um and to produce that and then to share that with the world um, I think art's a very dangerous place 
So to produce it, um, your minds, your mind state just has to be different. You know, it's, it's not something that you can do day to day. Um, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, something that Susan sees as art, which may be her family photo. Yeah. Personally, I wouldn't see that as art, you know? Um, and so I think there's definitely levels to it. Cause as I said, everyone has a different perception of it, but mainly for me, it's just really something that has value and meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about like confidence and how you're overconfident. Do you ever think that like that can set you back in the future? Like, 100%. No, like there's, yeah, yeah, no. Like, have you ever experienced that where it's like people are just, whoa, this kid's a little bit too yeah, no, definitely. on the offensive? Like, um, I've definitely been in rooms uh, or concerts and shows where. Um, in my perspective, I was the most talented person in the room in terms of photography and in terms of art form, whether it be my gear or just the experience that I had in the past, mm-hmm. um, that, that was my feeling. And so I, I, like, I'm open enough to say it, uh, that like, I have this because, you know, I put in that work because the one thing that no one will ever see is like how much work I put into my own art form and how much I view myself as an artist rather than a photographer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where it can kill me is 100% that there are so many talented individuals, let alone in our city. Like, it's crazy. Toronto has some of the most talented individuals ever in every aspect of art, too. Um, so to have that overconfidence, uh, as much as it can hurt me, I feel at the same time, it's it's really just, um, I never want to sell myself short. You know, I never want to miss an opportunity. I never want to be afraid to tell someone that my art is, you know, a piece of art it's something that i value and something that everyone should be able to look at and understand and appreciate kind of thing so as much as it may kill me um and shoot myself in the foot mm-hmm. uh missing an opportunity or you know not being able to like share what i have i feel is a much greater loss than having someone think that i'm over myself yeah you also talked about um just uh, moments before you were talking about like the struggle do you find that like adversity is a big factor in what you create? Like the harder it is to get that photo, the more rewarding or um, the, the better you view it in a way. A hundred percent. I've had photos where all I had to do was stand still and press the button. You know, I set my own settings and everything. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. I've also had photos where I've had to climb over bridges, you know, like rooftop buildings dangle my feet off skyscrapers like there's things that i would like i would do that regular person wouldn't to go to the extent to get that photo and at the end of the day you know when you have blood sweat and tears put into this one image you view that but no one else does kind of thing Mm -hmm. so um one of my most favorite photos that i have ever taken is a photo um under the lee side bridge of just my feet and there's a bunch of uh, yellow bars and a bridge coming down um, and that's a pretty regular thing to see on my feed. Like, it's definitely a sick photo. Um, I really like the feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be. It's, a, it's a view from my experience. Um, it, there's a lot of meaning that goes behind it. But apart from that, just uh, once I put a certain amount of effort into a project, I won't stop until I have that final product that I just know I need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really uh, like the vans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, with the feed pictures, it's definitely um, it's definitely a view that I try and share because I think that other people don't have that opportunity. So, not only is it like a first perspective of 
my views of the world, but of, I guess, just something that I wanted to share. Where, where do you cross or what's like the riskiest thing you'll do for a photo? Because you mentioned that like you'll dangle your feet over buildings. Personally, I wouldn't do that. Like that scares the crap out of me. Like not my thing, but like how, where do you cross the line? Like what's too much? Um, I definitely, I, I, it's, it's honestly hard to tell. It's, it's right now sitting here, I would say that I would never put myself at risk Mm -hmm. while taking a photo, but, um, it's different when you're standing on the top of a Toronto skyscraper and you're looking around yourself and you see all these like financial buildings and you're in an area that only so many souls get to experience. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing like that. That is the craziest experience that I've ever had. And that is something that I will never be able to recreate with anything else. Mm -hmm. That is such a one in a lifetime experience that I just try and take in that moment. And once you're there and you're just experiencing that, it's hard not to do stupid things for that photo. So as much as like... Stuff like, there's this one photographer in New York. I think his name is like Live JN or something. I don't know if you know him. I don't. But like he was climbing cranes and stuff and he, and he's been arrested multiple times and he's like hopped subways and stuff like that just to go to abandoned train stations. Like I, have I understand or like a simple approach. So in a way for me, it's like, there's so much out there already. I don't see the need to like put yourself at more risk, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's definitely a popular trend and there's definitely like reasons to and to not do it probably more to not. But at the end of the day, um, once you have your entire, some people have their entire life sorted and then, you know, them getting arrested really isn't a big deal because, you know, if you're self-employed, no one's going to care kind of thing, you know? Um, so once you've made it as a photographer, there's definitely different extents that you'll go to, I think, um, especially depending on popularity and fame, because you just have to keep up in your content. But at the end of the day, like I said, like, as much as I say I wouldn't hop a subway right now, if I had the chance to and it resulted in a photo, I can't say that I wouldn't not do it just because it really, it's, it's, you have to be in the moment. And because that's what like photos are. Like, I don't know if everyone realizes that, but it's not like just a photo. You're not just looking at something from a camera. This is a moment that I like live through and experience and now I'm sharing it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So when I look down and see, you know, thousands of people walking across streets and I'm above everyone else, that's a feeling that I have to share because that's insane. Like, I, like that's, it's just an insane experience. There's absolutely nothing stopping or surrounding you from the outside world and just like everything that's around you. So, yeah, I, I think about like how social media has changed the game and stuff like that. And it's like, it's not about the photo now. It's about the post you got to put out on Monday to keep up with the schedule. And like, that's sad to see because then it becomes a game of like, social credit as opposed to making something and then you can just become reckless for the sake of that photo on a wednesday night i definitely definitely understand that um myself um i've been in that loop where um i just posted photos because there are photos um there's definitely a realization that every photographer hits when you suddenly realize that every photo you take doesn't have to be posted um, yeah. and I, right now in my catalog, I probably have tens of thousands of photos that no one's ever seen because I felt fit. Like I just didn't like them, you know, like it wasn't expressing what I wanted it to. 
didn't look how something was, uh, colors were off, like something, saturation, whatever. There's definitely experiences that I have where I, I've realized like, this isn't it. And like, this isn't what I want to produce and this isn't what I want to put out. So personally for me, I feel like as I call myself an artist, I stay with respect to what I believe is art. And what I believe is art goes on my page and that's what I share. Um, I definitely see so many people who, as you're saying, just want to put out photos for the sake of putting out photos. Um, and at the end of the day, it does nothing except destroy yourself, your reputation and how people view you because suddenly you're not putting out photos that you're proud of. You're just putting out photos that happen to be in your camera. And that can be really damaging to not only your success as a photographer, but like how other people are going to view you and how your images are going to come out in the future. So, yeah. But it's also like to add on to what you mentioned, it's like the decaying or destruction of your own art and creative process. Like, that's how I feel about 2C Slide. Whenever I hear that song, <laughs> nah, you just did that for TikTok. Like, that's not a song. That's just a cash grab. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, 2C Slide's a great example, actually. That's, that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, it's okay because it's not going on the new album, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> it was on, well, it it was on demo tapes. So. Sorry? It made the mixtape, so... Uh, but the mixtape was just like average. So like Chicago freestyle was the only thing I really like continuously yeah. off of that. Um, I actually no, like it a lot more than Scorpion. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> I, I personally yeah. I love Scorpion. Nah, Scorpion I love the- is so overblown in my opinion. It's like twenty five songs and it's all. Okay, the second side is definitely a little bit worse. The first side though, I'm willing to listen to front to back. But then it's like, it's not one album. It's just two albums he made back to back to cheese out of a, a contract. No, 100%. But at the end of the day, you have to understand and respect that too, though, because as much as he is um, in at a record label in a contract right now, he owns his own brand, he owns his own record label. At the end of the day, that record label is doing absolutely nothing for him. They're just taking his own money. He's the biggest artist in the world. He really doesn't need any of the attention that they're giving him. Yeah. But, like, the thing I didn't mind about the mixtape is, like, it's kind of spot. It's just kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. But, like, it is generic, I would say. Like, generic sounding. But it's, like, less manufactured than some of his other stuff. Oh, yeah, no. This is definitely, um, it's definitely more heartfelt. He's um, trying to do something different, whereas opposed to before, he was just doing, like, sing-songy stuff. Yeah, and he would yeah they, I think there's... At the end of the day, I do think there's a reason that some of the songs didn't make it onto albums in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to remember, like, some of the songs are still, like, from, like, 2013. Yeah. Um, so. What song from 2013 on that one? I'd have to look it up. I, I actually have no idea. Um, I know some of the songs are, like, old, though. Like, none yeah. of them are, like, none of them were really made for the album, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing about the entire mixtape, though, is that he's giving us an insight to, like, what he thinks would still be, you know, like valued music right and at the end of the day it is still his experiences and his songs he's still talking about the woman that he's been with he's still talking about like the struggles that he's had but i think it's different because his albums are always such projects and the demo tape at the end of the day although it was amazing wasn't a project i wouldn't say it was amazing it was like i i'm like it was drake so i can't really speak (laughs) (laughs) no he's he's all right he's like the biggest artist in the world so it's weird to say but it's like most accomplished artist in the world i think people um i don't even know if you can call him an artist and i don't want to like discredit the guy wildly successful 
icon in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The list goes on and on. But it's like, when was the last time he genuinely cared about the craft of his music? Sometimes I wonder if it's just like an avenue to make well, money. That's definitely a good like reason and point. Um, especially because it's always hard to see into that person's mind and, you know, you know, see how everything functions. It's hard to, you know, hear their experiences and then put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, like I wouldn't argue, you know, since views, um, I don't know if there's a hundred percent been like an album that he's put out. That's, you know, a hundred percent, you know, been like his total yeah. experience where it's not just like, Hey, I'm rich, you know? Yeah. Uh, but even like, but I don't care. They're saying that, there's a rumor that Drake took like a lot of the weekend stuff for take care. At the end of the and day, that's why they had a falling out over the thing. Just like in regards to him being a creative, you know, like he yeah. kind of just, even if you At listen to day, that, it's similar to some of the weekends older stuff. Yeah. Um, personally, I, I don't, I don't listen to the weekend in ton, So I can't really, I, I can't yeah. give my on that or anything. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to remember Drake's the largest artist in the world. There's always going to be people that think he's overhyped, you know? Yeah. If you don't like his music, which not everyone does, you're going to see his success and values and you're going to immediately discredit them because you don't feel that he deserves it because you personally don't see his talent. Yeah. So, personally, for me, I've always been a person who believes in the city's talent and, like, I've always backed the city's artists even if I don't 100% love them or support them. Um Drake is one person who's not only brought us into such a such a spotlight, you know, none of this was here before him. The Raptors have benefited off him. Every sports team has benefited off him. Yeah. I'm benefiting off him right now because I'm a photographer in the Toronto area. My art has a completely different value because of that now. So at the end of the day, as much as everyone wants to hate um, and say that I don't know if his like if his art is like completely truthful, he's no different than me, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, he's an artist who's writing songs. Whether, you know, I, I can't speak on whether his songs are true because I've never been yeah. in a studio with Drake, so I can't really speak yeah. on that. So, uh, but other than that, at the end of the day, Drake doesn't need to put an album out. Yeah. He doesn't have to, you know. I, I guarantee if he told a record label he needed three years to put an album out, I guarantee they'd give it to him. If he told me he needed three months, I guarantee they'd give it to him. Yeah. Don't think at any point Drake is at all hoping for anyone else's success or help right now. Yeah. You know who I don't mind, actually, and I kind of, like, have listened to a couple of his songs recently? Tory Lanez. I don't mind him. I've been, I, I've been rocking with Tory for a while, um, since like, I heard Shooters. Yeah. Um, and then his recent album, The New Turn Off 3, and then Chicks Tape 5, which came out, I think, the end of last year, right? Yeah. I think, I think he's definitely following in Drake's footsteps right now. Um, but I think as of recently, probably since 2020, I think he's definitely started to separate himself from Drake and from The Weeknd and everyone else because he's very much in their shadow. And, you know, yeah. never, like he never sold an arena or anything before 2020. But now with Quarantine Radio and the new Toronto 3, I think he's very much pushing away from everyone yeah. else. And he's creating that new wave. And, you know, people are following sound. I don't, I don't mind it. It's like bombastic, but it's like... Yeah, no, it's definitely different. Um. I don't know if personally I've heard anything like it. It's mm-hmm. it's really refreshing because like I'm personally not a fan of like like little pump music. I guess if you want to say yeah, sound personally, club. Yeah, I can't I can't really value that. So yeah, it's different. <laughs> yeah, but to transition back to like the photo talk, and we were talking about how like um, maybe somebody's not passionate about something. It's just an avenue to get them 
to like fame or cloud or whatever you want to call it do you ever have you ever like encountered photographers or people in music that are just like making stuff to meet people or to like yeah have a good time Um, and stuff like that yeah no definitely um i work with um i work with a man uh his name's cam henderson uh his rap name's animation raps um the one of the reasons that i like i've chose to work with him solely um for almost like a full year now uh i've helped him with so many projects we put out like we literally rolled out like entire singles just based off my photos and stuff like that and you know, as like, that's an amazing experience. But at the end of the day, the reason I choose to work with him is because like, not only do I believe that he's an artist and like, but like that, but I enjoy his music and I, I hear the message behind it. And so I've definitely, because of him, I've come into this spotlight where I've been able to work with a bunch of people, um, bigger and smaller. And I've met all these artists. I've heard everyone's different stories and songs. And I've definitely met people who, you know, I've heard their music and then I've heard the reason behind it. And I've just thought like you don't understand this kind of thing like you you don't fully value what we're doing here you know so I've definitely been in that situation um and at the end of the day like you can tell who and who is gonna put in the work to do their best to make it and who's not so at the end of the day it's really just keeping your head straight and focusing on the right things with the right people and doing your best to make your own art and not focus on anyone else's yeah do you ever worry about being labeled like pretentious or something like that? hundred percent. Um, I feel as a human being, um, I feel like, I feel like I'm a good person. Um, I definitely do a lot for my circle. So the people around me definitely get the most of me. Um, I do my absolute best to give instead of take. Um, and I've definitely done that. I feel with my heart the most when I'm working with artists and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, as I said, I never want to, you know, undersell myself or, you know, think that I'm not enough because my confidence I feel is everything in this art so yeah I do my best to try and keep a level head you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I like when I see people go hard in the paint with captions I know like I've seen you do it not not saying anything but I just I'm like I don't want to be too cryptic or I don't want to be too cool I just sometimes I don't even put anything I'm just like whatever let it go yeah captions for me are really like more of a joke if anything like i honestly my captions like i sometimes i just put like random stuff there so i don't i don't really value like but i don't want to like delegitimize yeah um so i I don't even like sometimes i just throw it out into the void and see what happens yeah uh no that's yeah i've I've seen people do that and i've done it myself but at the end of the day um i really want the photo to speak more than the caption so they have the more illegitimate that the caption is, I feel the more the photo takes over kind of thing. Cause if I write pickle in the caption, no one gives a crap. Right. Yeah. And you're suddenly caught your eyes caught by the photo. So the captions to me really are just subtitles. So for me, I feel like that can take people out of it sometimes. Yeah. I feel like there's levels to everything, especially when it comes to how you organize yourself socially, you know, yeah. things can definitely be taken in the wrong way. So like if you put a hardcore rap, lyric on like a picture of roses that's gonna throw somebody off i i used to always put lyrics under my uh yeah. under my phone that's all i'd ever do so for me it, really if i was putting a lyric under a photo it was just because i like the song it really didn't have anything to do with how i felt about the photo or anything like mm-hmm. i really have never worried about my captions because i've always wanted the photos to take over yeah well that's obviously going to be the focus and you know 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't like being cryptic. It's just oh, it, like you get in your own head about it, and that defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do. So I just kind of like. Let it go. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I try and uh, I try and make myself. Likes, whatever, how many? Like, I don't care. Just let it go. Yeah, yeah. No, I've started to stop focusing on numbers, which I think was a huge thing for me. Yeah. I just started focusing on, you know, making sure that this photo belongs in the feed and that, you know, this photo represents what I wanted to. So. Yeah. Heard that. No, I was looking at my YouTube subscriber count because I just want to grow that, you know, and yeah. I went from 72 to 71 and I was bummed and that like took me out of it. But then I realized like if I start getting into the numbers and stuff like that, then I, I, I'm just not, it's going to be toxic. I'm going to get burnt out way faster, especially because I'm already trying to do three episodes a week. I got to edit clips, put them out there, post on Instagram. It's like get new guests, um, post on the story um advertise episodes um and put it all on these platforms it's like i'm already doing quite a bit i don't want to get in the numbers i mean like i think it's i think numbers and comparisons are the worst when it comes to this art form because at the end of the day like nothing destroys you more than seeing someone else's stuff and then disvaluing your own thing just because someone's doing better you know and there's also a lot of people who make crappy things but do better just because they're better at social media. Yeah. Social media is a very false form. Um, honestly, once you have followers and I don't mean in the number form on Instagram, I mean, genuine followers who want to continue to see how your journey progresses. That's when you really start to pick traction up. And that's really when you start to, you know, start doing things that you weren't doing before. That's when you really start to advance and start to learn and like, without those people pushing you, like wanting to see you succeed, mm-hmm. everything is just false. Without those people, your numbers mean nothing. Yeah. That's a weird thing for me. Like getting caught up in the numbers because then you're like, you're not art, your business. And it's not like the two things shouldn't like coincide with one another. It's just, you defeat the purpose of what you're trying to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I've been there. Like, I can't even say, like, I like talk about it as if, like, I haven't. Like, there's I have, 100% I been the last week. night. So, like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's 100% been weeks where, you know, my, my numbers weren't doing well. But I've also had photos that, you know, succeed every other photo on my page randomly for a month for absolutely no other reason. And it, like, it really just proves that, like, I have photos. My most liked photo on Instagram is not my best photo. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, it's yeah. very simple. It's just what someone else thought was. Which and one so, was that? Um, it's a ball on the ground in a snowy forest. And then I think uh, the one after that is my personal favorite, which is, um, it's a very close friend of mine. His name's Chris and we're in a TTC station and I just caught it at the perfect time. The lighting's perfect. Everything's sick. And there's blue lights running over him and he's looking down in a train station. And I think it's moments like that where I've caught him completely isolated, stuck in his thoughts kind of thing, where yeah. it's such a moment. Like, that's what I found art, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. So, like well, I said. Like, Chewbacca wearing a scarf is art. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the definition is kind of, you know. Yeah. As I said, everyone has a different value and a different perception of it. So, it's, it's a very hard thing to, you know, put a price tag on or put a number on. Yeah. Also, like, pricing art is a weird thing. You see these auctions where they they'll sell a white canvas for forty million dollars or some berserk thing, and it's like this is my art, this is my meaning. It's it's white. Yeah, um, it's just nonsense. You've heard of the the Banksy painting, right? 
Yeah, I like Banksy. Cool, cool stuff. Or the the painting comes down and it comes. Yeah, it shreds. Shredder. Perfect example of it. You know, really like putting a price tag on art is the most difficult thing because as soon as that painting was like half of it was destroyed, the value was immediately gone. But suddenly, I think the value went up because of that. Well, I mean, like to everyone in that room, yeah, nobody wanted it anymore. But yeah. then to someone, to someone who values that and sees the art behind that, mm-hmm. worth millions more. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I'm not sure if the value went up after that, like because it was. Uh, a statement. I think sure. it did because I think they did just because of the publicity. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, but like Banksy's a prime example of like a modern artist that's true to what they do, but that's also okay. counterculture. I feel like art is um, a reflection of like counterculture and going against authority and, you know, screw that, screw the big guy, you know, this is what I'm doing. And the idea of a starving, of the starving artist kind of coincides. I think Banksy really proved himself um, just by like his persona and what he does, you know, no one knows what Banksy looks like. Like that's his biggest thing is that, you know, he caught fame off of that just because of the mysteriousness behind himself. But at the end of the day, like he's proven to everyone that he wants absolutely nothing except to make that art. So it'd be cool if Banksy's like a group of people. Yeah, you wouldn't know. That's the thing. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like the guy who made Bitcoin. It's like, you don't know. No clue. But yeah, no, at the end of the day, they're creators and you know, they created something that was, you know value to them you know whether bitcoin was going to take off no one knew but he still had this amazing idea and now it's one of the most popular cryptocurrencies in the world so yeah but it's like that's what i don't like about social media in a way like dr dre was talking about it how it just destroys the mystique of like all these musicians coming up it's yeah, like um, nobody sorry it's like everybody's out there telling you their opinion 24 7 telling you to support this, don't support that, listen to my new single, stream this, get this to number one. Like, there's no mystique anymore. Nobody's nobody's trying to create a new persona. How rare is it that, like, somebody switches personas in their career or something like that or tries to do something different? Like, half these guys aren't doing that. You're not going to see Gun or Lil Baby, nothing against those guys. But you're not going <laughs> to see them, like, change personas. That's definitely true, yeah. Um... I think the biggest thing is that now everyone has a perception of who a rapper is supposed to be and who an artist yeah. is supposed to be, what you're supposed to look like. And when you yeah. don't fit that view, mm-hmm. neither does your music. So I think yeah. people are very, very quick to judge, especially when it comes to social media, just because you may have a sick profile, you may have a horrible profile, but no matter what, at that point, your music almost doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So yeah. And it's like people go after like Tyler, the creator sometimes. Oh, that's not rap. That's not rap. It's like, it's its own thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's well, like, that's the thing is that if you look at Tyler's albums, especially he's an amazing example for this. If you look at his albums, he's such a progressive artist where in the beginning yeah. it was rap a hundred percent. Like it was, it was mean like hood, like hood. So yeah. now I listen to Igor, you know, which just won a like, Grammy. It's, it's like, in my opinion, like I, I wouldn't classify it as rap. I like that's no, just it's like my no personal thing. Soul, something. Yeah, but you know, he's he's an artist and so he's progressed and so he's keep, he keeps leveling his own stuff up. But less than 
three years ago, he released Flower Boy, which had a project that was mixed with everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where he was literally That's crying on songs. familiar sound, in a way. Like a cohesive sound. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, rap is stagnant right now. I know you're, like, in that world, kind of, and you, like, know people within, like, the local or, like, urban or Toronto rap scene and stuff like that. But, like, the, the sound is so stagnant right now, and you talk about artist evolution. Like, look at Lil Uzi. Eternal Take isn't going to age well. That's not going to – it aged poorly the day it dropped. In my- uh, I don't know. Okay, personally, for me, I've been bumping that album a lot. Um, I just appreciate it. Like, I, I do. The songs on it, like, are, like, actual songs. So I Like, think- how's Silly Watch going to sound in three years? Silly Watch doesn't sound that good right now, so <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, but or part I think two. the, the part biggest two. issue within our city is that everyone sounds the exact same and yeah. that no one is taking it out of the sound. Toronto has a sound, like a very Toronto has, Toronto has SoundCloud rappers of their own, and there's definitely a music style that you can label as Toronto. And you know, I would I don't think it's like too false to say that internationally it won't do well. You know, it there's a reason why it's in Toronto because people don't like it outside of that. And I feel like I'm definitely one of those people where if I hear someone who has a really distinct sound that I've heard 30,000 times, there's an immediate disconnect. Yeah. I've already heard this song. I've heard exactly what you're rapping about. There's no value in your lyrics. Mm-hmm. You're just using auto tune and speaking into a mic. Yeah. That's not music. And that's kind of what we talked about before on how, you know, who's doing it because they want to, and you know, who's doing it for the fame and the money. Yeah. There's that disconnect. And I guarantee you 90% of Toronto rappers are in that second category. Yeah. Not to call anybody out, but you know, it is what it is yeah <laughs> yeah like i think uh nav nav whatever is a prime example of that kind of like uh yeah i, I personally i haven't listened to his new album yet um yeah it's just like the why. same thing you know um, and people start to resent that afterwards at the same time though i i do respect nav because he's not only done things for toronto being just being an artist from toronto like yeah being at that level. Like, it, I'm not it, trying it, to hate on the guy. I, I listened no. to a couple yeah, of yeah. songs. Like, they're... I think you also have to remember, too, though, that... Sometimes. You also have to remember, too, though, that um, when it comes to Nav, as much as I may not listen to his music, he definitely does something for not only cultures, but racial, like, integration. Because right now, yeah. there's, like, there's... I, I, I'm, I could be so wrong, but to my extent, there's no one with the same culture and heritage yeah. that Nav has at the level where he is right now. And so him coming from Toronto representing the city, but then also taking his heritage and his culture and representing that. That's yeah. something that's so powerful that no other artist has stepped up to do yet. So I can't. Yeah. One sec, one sec, one sec. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. My bad. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh as much as there are fake people i think but like if you make if you release a deluxe project with 32 songs that all sound the same you know (laughs) yeah that 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 value is not going to be there you know like um you're gonna lose that because you're not evolving i actually have uh the the very blessed opportunity to work with um one of nav's original managers i think he was the one that brought him up in the first place um, and so he's working with Drake Prada now. And so, uh, 
I guess just like I've been able to see how that how the entire industry works and you know what goes on in the studios and you know I think one of the biggest things to remember is that SoundCloud rappers are in the studios for an hour yeah are in the studios for days that's true so even like Young Thug said he would just like leave um his joggers and stuff like he would just have pajamas and clothes ready to go in the studio yeah like I wouldn't expect that from a guy like him but you never know yeah, so I think I think the biggest issue with Mav's album is that thirty-two songs is not yeah, easy to produce. That's the definition of overblown. Yeah, I think I think I think it's definitely you know it's hard to produce thirty-two songs in a project that have meaning and value. Yeah, compared to just party songs that people want to listen to and turn up and like drink alcohol to. So, which is like yeah. not a bad thing. As you need you need artists that are like that because there's always there's always going to be an audience for there's that. Always so there's always a need for that. Yeah, there's always going to be an artist that makes that. I think the difference is is that. Personally, for me, like the artists that I value are Drake and J. Cole. You know, they're lyrical geniuses and they've completely owned music. So uh, people like Kendrick and stuff like that. Kendrick's damn album. Uh, Kendrick isn't my favorite artist or anything. Like, but you can tell that damn was a project that took not only so much out of him mentally and physically, but came from like a dark place to the point where like he produced that and like, yeah like people, like humble isn't just a song that's like a turn up song you know at the end of the day if you listen to the lyrics you can see like you can see where like the racism kicks in and stuff like that where he's been you know branded so yeah I, I that's an album i really appreciate i have it on vinyl it's like i haven't listened to it on vinyl just because i like to like have something and then look at it yeah and not do anything with it that, that's you definitely an album that, more, um among many other albums i just like have them and yeah um there's albums that i personally i just take the time to appreciate um 24 sorry 2014 forest hills drive um yeah is a project that i've gone back and listened to so many times just from front to back because of how much meaning and like hatred is behind the lyrics and if you listen to j cole's first uh like project born center and then you go to 24 hills drive there's such a progression for him as an artist and the things that he's talking about and the topics mm-hmm. and all this crazy ass shit like yeah there's so much growth and like he just turns into someone else and you know taking the time to appreciate that and understand you know who a musician is and who an artist is it's it's very valuable kind of thing yeah but like here's another thing i saw a music reviewer i don't know who it was but one of the big youtube guys they were talking about how number one they didn't think like damn aged well and number two that it wasn't that influential but like for the point that it's influential it's like um, I definitely it argue to be influential to be good. You know, it's hard to be influential. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I would argue to say that damn was a very influential album um, just because of not only like who Kendrick was, like you have to remember Kendrick came out of Compton mm-hmm. like, where, where he's from is called Bompton because the bloods own that area. Compton came from a very like poor, like gang ridden society kind of thing. So yeah. To say that's not influential, he just produced one of the best rap albums that have ever been put out. Like I'd say he's completely wrong. In terms of how an album ages, that's really just down to individuals. Yeah. Yeah. So But it's like you can't replicate that, you know. No, not at all. Or like people say um JID kind of has a similar sound. But it's like, no, no, it doesn't. He's doing his own thing. I think JID is is a very special case in rap because JID came out like he was in 1990s and he came out as an underground artist he did shows in toronto where there was 300 people at his shows and then he moved from city to city 
making new fans in each city as an underground artist does. He did like little rap battles and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, he's finally hit that point. Just the other day, he had 500,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, I think. So I think he's finally reached that point where he's kind of- like I swear a, he has more than that, like way more. Let me check. Uh, maybe. I think, I think he has 500,000 followers or something like that. Um, I know on Instagram, he has like millions or whatever. Maybe it was for streams or something. I might be wrong. Um, but like I said, he only got his platinum album, I think, this year. So, or his platinum, his first Yeah, platinum he's got album. like four million a month. Okay, yeah, no, I was definitely wrong. I, I read something that was five like, like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's cool to see these artists grow. That's good. You know what, like, makes me mad? Or what artist makes me mad that I, like, enjoy or respect? Not Maybe not his recent stuff. Logic. Bro, oh on. my god <laughs> um yeah Take no I, I wish I, that guy i hope he just takes a long layoff and does something that's really good because he released like four projects in the span of a year and a half that were yeah. like decreasing it, in quality every time yeah it, it's definitely oversaturation and i think that he definitely burns himself out as an artist um mm-hmm. I grew up on him. I was listening to Logic before he got signed to labels. Like I was listening to Under Pressure the first day it was released. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Fade Away the first day it was released. You know, I was like trying to scout tickets for his concerts and stuff like that. But I I think basically as soon as, uh, what was that album called? Everybody? Everybody, yeah. And yeah, I don't mind that album. album, you know. I feel like, I feel like, well, between the two of them, between uh, Every- the Incredible Story and, the under, and Under Pressure, I think there's a lot of pain in both of them. And I think in Everybody, he officially takes it away from himself and he starts projecting his view on other people and i think that's where he started disconnecting with other people because now you just see him out of touch and corny like yeah well i think his biggest issue is that he ran out of things to complain about you know yeah i I think everyone kind of got tired of you know listening to his his fight as a biracial man and his fight you know in the three and then it became a meme which is like you know that's his own fault he's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, no so (laughs) As much as I don't listen to his music anymore, I'm always going to appreciate and value exactly what he created in 2013 kind of thing. Because at the end of the day, he may not be an amazing artist now, but he definitely made something so special in 2013 where you can't discount any of like the, the pain that's in that album. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've seen him like three times and it's like... Yeah, I never got to see him. Uh, I definitely regret that's... it because and less energy each time i would say yeah um i think he's definitely getting tired of the fame and he hasn't put anything out yet i think he had a kid recently i think that's why but honestly i hope he takes a long layoff yeah yeah if he drops a damn level project or something if he can if he can take the time and come back then i think it's i doubt that'll happen just because he's kind of stuck in his own way like he played a snippet at one of his at his last concert and it's like uh, you're going for the same thing at the end of the day i don't think logic's meant to be mainstream um if you look at his music taste it's it's not traditional what a rapper would be and i think that there's just a disconnect between him and how he views with his fans versus him and other artists because at the end of the day logic doesn't want to always make negative music where he's talking about how he got like you know kidnapped as a child kind of thing mm-hmm. to the point where drake is completely okay with that you know um and so i think yeah. Once he started pulling, because I feel like at some point he started, he stopped putting himself into his music and he started putting other people and like rich, famous logic into it. Yeah. And I think that's definitely where there's a disconnect. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like 
bro, I don't care how many couches you have in your house. Like, I don't care how expensive yeah. they were. I don't care how many Benz cars you have. Like, he, yeah, he definitely made himself into a meme, so. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you'll come back. Distance makes time makes the hurt. I don't know the saying. I still don't know the saying. We're, like, 40 minutes into this, but, like, yeah. Yeah, so, I, like, like I said, like, time makes I, I think it's, I think it's going to be hard for him to go back to the level that he was because he at one point i think he was the biggest art like rapper in the world you know between where artists weren't putting out any other music and i think it was probably around when he least released um bobby tarantino too yeah that was definitely at the point where he was like okay like i've mastered success and i think immediately after that he came crashing down so yeah well it's like just trying to put out too much you yeah, over decoration. He said this before, like in, in podcasts and interviews, where he said that, like, oh, I'm sitting on albums. Yeah. Right? And like, he's what, speaking... happened, what happened to that Ultra 85 one he was talking about? That I never saw the like. So it's it's not so he's released six studio albums to this day, um, and he said that Ultra 85 is going to be his last album, um, which is the last album that's going to take us through that like story that he's been writing writing since um the Incredible True Story, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to be the last installment of that. But he never gave a release date for it, which I kind of think is his way of kind of discounting, like, you know, like ending his career earlier kind of thing. So I think he's kind of telling his fans that once that album's out, he's done. But I don't think he's at all, you know, putting off releasing any more music. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. We've been going for like 40 minutes now. It's been good. Uh, do you want to? Do you have anything else to like talk about, or do you think? No, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> like I said, like it's I just think a podcast. We a lot. Yeah, no, I think we definitely did a good job. So, um, as long as you're happy with it, I'm good. Yeah. Do you have anything to shout out and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I do. Um, my beautiful friend Animation just released a song called My Ways. Um, it's definitely a a part of his new sound. He's definitely started separating himself um from being a SoundCloud rapper to an artist. Um, and you can definitely hear that in the music. Um, it's featuring Rockstar Luxury. It is an amazing track, and there's definitely a lot of heart and, like, fire behind it. Um, and not only that, but we have so much that is about to happen and be released this year. So if you can, just search up animation uh, raps in Apple Music or Spotify, and you'll find it. Um, and there's a lot of heartfelt, uh, like, fire music where, like, there's pain. And, like, we talked about that this, there's pain in the music and stuff like that. So, um definitely please go check that out um it is an amazing song um he's an amazing artist and he has uh, such a high future so mm-hmm. see that that'd be amazing <laughs> and your own instagram uh it's just my last name with a v in it instead so it's b v double n e double t that's it but on it <laughs> yeah all right it's been a pleasure it's great this was good fun change of pace switch up the topics talk about something different but still familiar i had a great time thank Thank you very much i appreciate this so much this is a lot of fun i enjoyed it (laughs) i hope you did all right this drops tomorrow sick okay i'm excited all right thanks bro see ya thanks for listening